Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Woo, do we have a lot to catch up on. Good Monday. Everybody all right out there? If we are uh, watching on uh, War Chant TV, don't forget to like and subscribe. Appreciate you. And if you're listening on 93.3, we appreciate you just as much. Good to be with you. Good Monday, as I said. Man, what a weekend. What a weekend. i got to begin uh, rightfully here, given the the, you know, the show's central theme, typically. And let's just start with a choo-choo. Not a crazy choo-choo. I mean, we've won nine in a row over Miami. You can't get that crazy. But uh, I'll, start with, I'll start with that, just the initial choo-choo. It's hard for that win not to be greatly overshadowed by what was an insane weekend of the NFL. Who's riding higher than the NFL right now? Man. Uh, and we said it's been trending in that direction for a long time. Uh, I'm going to start with FSU, and then I'm going to go right into the football. But I will also say this. It's, it's rare. Everybody looks out for themselves. You're always going to look out for your favorite team. You're gonna, you know, you have your emotions invest, invested, and depending on how long you've been invested uh, with a with a program, let's say like Florida State or Florida A and M or wherever it is, or in the case of your professional teams, how long you've rooted for, like Tom roots for the Mets, I root for the Pirates. How long have you rooted for the Rays or who at Braves? I know Braves fans really, you know, got to exhale this year a little bit, um, and then professionally you have your teams. And so you rarely really feel all that bad for a random fan base that you don't that you're not connected to. You have your rivals, you know, like over the years it's kind of changed for the Bucks because we haven't always been in something known as the NFC South, but my my attention shifted over the years back when it used to be Green Bay, Chicago, Minnesota, Detroit that you worried yourself about in my youth, right? But then it was, you know, then the NFC South happened and so we're rivals with the Falcons and Carolina, New Orleans, right? And so my ire or whatever is directed more towards them than really anybody else around the National Football League. And then I have some sort of, uh, everybody does, ancillary ties to my friends' teams, right? So through Tom and through Jamie, his wife, and through some mutual friends that we have, Joey and Bill and a few others, I kind of like the Vikings. You know, I don't I don't spend a lot of time thinking about them or anything like that. But if they're playing and it's a game between two teams I don't care about, I'll be like, I hope the Vikings win. And that's just because I know people who are diehard and root for them. And then I feel that way about a couple other teams too, just friends that I have. Even if that neutral site game don't care about somebody, I hope the Bears win because I have a couple friends that are Bears fans. But for the most part, I've never cared anything good or bad about the Bills. But I do now. I mean, there's no fan base on earth who has ever had more running kicks to their testicles than the Bills. And that was the ribbon on top. I couldn't believe what I watched. I'm in shock still at what we saw in the final 13 seconds of that game uh, regulation. I can't believe, I know, well, what happened in overtime was predictable, but what happened at the end of regulation between both teams, with the culmination of that field goal as time expired, I, rem- I turned to my wife and I went, oh no, that, I, 
they're not going to get over this. I mean, that's not right. That's unfair. That should be illegal. What just happened there can't happen. Football gods cannot let that happen. So I just want to get it out there. And in particular on the chat, Tom, I'm not even looking at it. I know you've probably already had a lot to say. But uh, I'll, I'll check during the commercial break. But I got, I'm, damn it, man. Just no. Just no. That's not right. That can't happen. I mean, that's just so damn wrong. I was flabbergasted with what we saw there. I mean, it also could be really tough if you're in a position where you're going to get off the schneid and, and your in-state opponent has beaten you eight straight times on the hardwood and your new football coach who you're so proud of said yes to you because he wanted to be a Hurricane. He's a Miami man, walks on the court oddly, strangely, in a little timeout where everybody's on the benches, and he turns into a Dabo Swinney cheerleader. And they still come up Galvanizing the crowd, and you yeah. follow it up with another 8-0 run. And this massive comeback is going to happen, and you get the ball as the clock is running out, and you have the final shot, and that shot is in the air, and it looks good. Oh, it, it never looked good. And it doesn't look, go in. It's well defended. Oh, no. These are, these are Miami oh, fans. They okay, don't know what they're say, looking they never at. Look good. They don't know what, what, what they're looking at. And they think, here it is. This is the moment. Clank. Clank. Ball game. Nine straight. The Bohicas alive right. and well, baby. That Platinum Bohicas calling you. It's in the distance. Every day, Miami fans wake up. They're like, damn it, man, the Platinum Bohicas hovering. I can see this fateful day when the Bohica comes home to roost. Mmm, that's a toughie. Limber up. That's a toughie. Could it happen in Brooklyn? That would be the site. I want it to happen right here. Right here in Tallahassee all right, at the right. TLC so Double C. We don't want to meet them in the ACC tournament because we want it to happen in this state. That's I want where it, it belongs. I want it to happen right here in our backyard, and I want to trot the Bohica out there at midcourt. Now, that could get oh, me arrested. It, it, it could. I think it would. <laughs> it would but, be like one of those But it deals, would be a blaze of glory. Well, yeah, and if they stick around for post-game interviews, they'd have to make sure that the cameramen are alert to stay away from the Bohica. And the man holding, what is that thing? Oh, oh, no, 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 no. No, You know what? Sir. Let's go to the high camera angle for the interview shot. We can't be on the court, guys. The background is compromised. There There's is a, a man. man. <laughs> <laughs> we did not plan that. That is so good. That is one of the great show moments. We're back. Steady understated. Yeah, welcome back, buddy. I'll ask you about uh, Mexico later. But I, in the interim. What I remember of it. <laughs> what I want to say is. Uh, choo-choo, of course. And listen, for Florida State, it's funny. You win nine straight against a rival. You're in first place after that game in the ACC. You were pretty much left for dead early in the season because you looked disjointed, confused, unwilling to defend. I certainly expressed those sentiments. Uh, and yet, after that win, how many people in my timeline are bitching about how the win happened? No, nay, nay. I feel like Jack over here. I have neither the time nor inclination. No. You take that win and understand it was the third game in five days. Tell them to suck it. Get on that plane and let's go. That's it. A win is a win is a win. I had people, well, they did the same thing at the end of the do. What? We're going to complain about wins over Duke? With this group? So Florida State has now won six straight games to move into first place in the ACC. They have swept 
their rival in the span of 11 days and now won nine straight over nine. Mm. Nine times. So here we sit on the precipice of the, of, of the, the Platinum Bohica, the Platinum Bohica, the elusive Platinum Bohica, and there were people complaining. Oh, please. So now, three and one on the road in the ACC is Florida State, three and one at home, a robust six and two, winners of six straight, and uh, hey, man. This is good stuff. After the weekend's dust settled, FSU, as I say, right there atop, have the tiebreaker with the Canes, courtesy of those wins. Plus, Miami only has four ACC home games remaining on their schedule, you should note, uh, compared to six for us here at the TLC C. Duke, Notre Dame, Wake Forest, all half game back, if you will. Duke and Notre Dame at 5-2, and two, Wake Forest at 6-3. and three. three other teams a game and a half back, North Carolina 4-3, and three, Virginia and Louisville both at 5-4, and four, and they were all matching up at 7 p.m. at the JPJ in the ACC's first big Monday game of the season. All right. That'll do. The That'll other do. seven ACC teams losing conference records, two and a half games behind the league standings, and that's where we sit. So uh, the net rankings aren't good. If you're looking at Florida State, it's not good, obviously, 58th. Duke, 12, whom we beat. Wake Forest, 40th, who beat our ass. North Carolina, 51st. Virginia Tech, 56th. So within the Boy, 50- They love that schedule, that Virginia Tech schedule, because yeah. they don't do anything with it. <laughs> they just like that they play games. Yeah. They're 2-5 and five in the ACC. They got three games this week, too. They play mm-hmm. North Carolina tonight. They play Miami on Wednesday, and then they play us here on Saturday. So we should yeah, get... Yeah, we play them Saturday. Yep. yep, a tired bunch on Saturday, hopefully. Come get your whooping. So a nice rest before returning to action for Florida State on Wednesday against Georgia Tech, who's struggling. If you want to use the clip at any point today when I reference Georgia Tech struggling. Man, I, you know, that building, no matter what, no matter what the situation is, it seems to be a house of horrors for us. It and does. that would be a Wednesday 9 p.m. tip where you're pissed off at 1045 going, are you kidding me? I stayed up for this. What it feels like. It does. They're one and six. They're eight and ten. They're one hundred and seventy fifth in the in the net. We I, also tried very hard to lose the ACC championship game to them, and we and we succeeded in that endeavor. Still pissed off about that. Mm. That had no business happening. In what, 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 what is this? What is this? What is this? It's not what we do. Sorry, it's the joy. That's what, that. Hey, we're in our chi here, man. Let's go. That's that rambling wreck energy. You gotta let Forgive that me. go, man. I'll save that for Wednesday. Yeah, you gotta let that go. So I guess if we harken back, we'll circle to Florida State basketball again later in the show. But I don't know if – I mean, it's pretty rare to get – I said going into the weekend, the divisional round's my very favorite. This is my favorite weekend of the year. And we were rewarded. I mean, we were given the gift that is usually, annually, the best weekend of the NFL year. That you get just enough games between elite teams that – you're guaranteed at least a couple good games, typically. But this weekend, I mean, this this takes the cake. You you end up with a field goal. It's the last play of the game, and every it's unreal to think about what we got to see. Cincinnati, Tennessee, same obviously for Bucks Rams, rather improbably as the Rams were running away from our Bucks, and then that game got flipped on its head bizarre circumstances and things that occurred there. The Chiefs Bills ends up living to living up to 
the billing. I mean, we, we talked so much all week long. I felt like we were overstating how great that game was going to be because nothing ever lives up to the billing when it's that big. Like when you build something up for that long, it's hard for it to outshine the descriptors of the game on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but it did. It ended up being the most bizarre ending to a football game, the most elite level of play between two quarterbacks you'll ever see. I, When I talk about what ends up happening in that game, and I say how bad I feel for Bills fans, I do because they're loyal fans, and, I mean, by rights, you've got the game won. There's 13 seconds left. If you If you don't make the dumbass decision to kick the ball out of the end zone, you do win the game. If you just squib the kick, you win the game. I just I hate it for them that there's that kind of a coaching blunder, and I hate it for them that the most improbable thing I've ever seen outside of a Hail Mary tipped around like six times. I, I You never in your life see somebody go from their 25 into field goal range, like comfortable field goal range, 49-yarder, 49-yarder, in 13 seconds. You saw something akin to that in the earlier game yesterday. Well, that, yes, in the sense that you allow Cooper Cup to be in man coverage against the safety, that's absurd and, you know, screw you, Todd Bowles. I get it. But no, no, no. This is, there's 13 seconds left in the game. You've just won the game because your quarterback is a superhero. The torch has been passed. Josh Allen has now told the world, I'm the, the guy. I'm the guy. It's not that guy. It's this guy. I'm the guy. No and screenshots, just, anybody. And no I, screenshots of what just, just happened. And I did it on the road, not once but twice, because my defense failed me yet again. I still had to buckle up and go back down there and throw dimes, lasers. And I did it to a receiver that prior to yesterday nobody besides Bills fans had ever heard of, and dude scored four touchdowns and broke ankles, and I'm throwing lasers, and you bums give that up in 13 seconds. He ought to punch every single member of that defense and Leslie Frazier. Punch all of them. Pat, pat, pat. Just steady throwing people through windows should be Josh Allen right now. They'd be powerless to stop him. He's superhuman. It is a tough weekend for Leslie Frazier and uh, Todd Bowles, who have interviewed for a lot of head coaching <laughs> positions. That's uh, that's a tough resume builder or uh, well, tack on to the resume after. Oh, man, we love that interview. Well. well. That is horrific. I don't know. What are we doing here? Guys, do we have doubts? Well, and at some point, too, though, you, you sometimes we try to absolve players. These are professionals. They're too high on the play. So, first of all, <laughs> too high. Yeah, they're, they're in too high, man under, on the throw to Tariq Hill. That rule is that they can't get inside of you. What are we doing? You can't get inside. You got to you let him throw it in front of you. That's fine. Can't, can't get inside of you there because you're funneling everything to the two high safeties. So you can't let them get into the middle. It's unreal. Now, three kills fast. He's very fast. But, man, you've got one thing to do there. You have to funnel him outside. He even takes an outside release because he knows that's what you're giving him. And you allow him to cross your face and get inside, and it's a foot race. And you ain't winning that foot race. Nobody is. And so you have to watch the deuces. You have to watch the deuces come up again, which, by the way, first of all, there should never be such a thing as taunting in the NFL ever. But if you're going to make it a point of emphasis, which you shouldn't, then you kind of got to call that. It's just haphazard when they want to do these things, right? You want to you want to call taunting on Sue, but you can't call it over here. You want, no, man, no. 
It doesn't work that way. First of all, get rid of the rule. Grown-ups paid millions of dollars, gladiatorial sport, shooting up drugs just to get on the field. They can handle be called an MF. It's all right. Just let's play football. Whatever. Uh, but that play happens, and you still overcome it. You overcome it, which is absurd in and of its. I mean, like they. Ah, uh, I just hated for him. I hated for him. I, I almost can't recap that game. It was amazing. Now again, as a neutral observer, if I removed my emotions at the moment, I just felt lucky that we were watching these two guys play this level of football. I didn't think it was possible to take the ball from your 25 and set up a 49-yard field goal in two plays. I didn't think it was possible. Man, coaches are already paranoid. And they cut, you know, there are certain situations where you go, man, it's over. Don't worry about it. No, that tape will scare people right back into being overly paranoid about any situation. And they'll make mistakes because they're trying to avoid something like that. Like they'll kick it out of bounds or whatever. Well, if you squib kick that, the game is over as long as you tackle them. You take five seconds off the clock on the kick, and they can't do that. They can't do That's the whole reason. Tony Romo was right. He said it in, in real time. And at the time, you know, you're kind of kicking around in your brain. You're like, well, you don't give up a kick return. Eh, you're not going to give up a kick return. Go cover the kick. Yeah, cover the kick. Hit one of the up men in the chest, and there yeah. you go. And stick his ass. Five seconds come off the clock. Right, right. There's seven it's usually seconds. a fullback type player that's up there. Yeah, seven or eight seconds left on the clock. They can't run two plays. I mean, they can, but they're going to run basically a play to the 50. They're going to throw Hail Mary. That's just, no, buddy. <laughs> well, today the conversation will mostly, and I'm not saying on this show, but in football circles, what they're going to fall back to is the NFL's play, uh, overtime rule and about whether or not both teams should get the ball. Here's, I, for years I've said no because defense is equally a part of the game and you had every opportunity to get a stop. So the fact that you didn't get a stop with 13 seconds left meant that you went to this overtime and you put fate in a coin flip's hands, which is really difficult. I mean, I hate it, but that's just the way. I mean, defense is part of the damn game. But, and of course we know that happened to Kansas City when Tom Brady did it to them in 18. But I will say for a league that's hell-bent on giving the offense every possible advantage that there is to score points because they want points, I mean, what are you waiting on? Just go ahead and get rid of the rule and let both teams touch the ball. I mean, if you want your league to be built around these dynamic quarterbacks and you want points scored at all costs and you set up the rules so that guys can score if they're at all proficient, let alone exceptional, and both those guys are, well, then just get rid of the rule and let's go. Let's move it on. I'm yeah, surprised maybe you pull a yet. soccer, you just play a quarter and whatever the score is at the end of the quarter. It used to be that way. Yeah. Oh, did it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would prefer... I, I is don't that know. the black and white TV days? <laughs> I'd prefer they play a whole quarter. And they're going to tell you, well, they're tired. It's uh, man, get out of here. These guys, what these guys do to get themselves prepared after 18 weeks. I mean, that's on. that's never a real argument. They just added another game instead of a preseason yeah, game. Yeah, it's like when Jim Phillips was talking about it a couple weeks ago. You know, and he's he's talking about extra games and the expanded playoff. Well, there's just too many games on the human body <laughs> on these poor student athletes. Well, they've been saying that since they went from 10 games <laughs> to 11 games, it's 12 games. Nothing excuse. Yeah, yeah. Coming up on Thursday night, ACC football <laughs> on a short week. Yeah. You know, get out of here. Mm. Also, and I didn't get a chance to mention it because it's almost too much to get to. A lot of firsts this week, and a lot of a lot of things where you think, okay, well, I've never seen that, and certainly the Bills Chiefs had all of that, and then some. Uh, I've not seen somebody 
on a, on an opposing team on the road win a playoff game in which their quarterback was sacked nine times. <laughs> Joe Burrow's a bad man nine times. McNabb in 03. That's the only other one. Is that one. the one? Yeah, that was the, what the graphic said during the broadcast, yeah. I just don't even recall it being that ugly. Like, I felt like Joe Burrow was going to get killed. It was getting silly every play. A lot of fan bases. So for everybody that's not left in the playoffs, and that's most everybody at this point, Green Bay is the one seed sitting at the house. Bucks is a two seed sitting at the house. Dropping a 10 spot. Come on, Aaron. Yeah, thanks for the 54 yards passing in the second half, Aaron. Oh, no. I'm sure that was a conspiracy, too. Uh, but I, I would, what I would tell you is that uh, everybody then is required to fall back on assessing what you know their needs and where they go from here and what do you do in the draft. And I was thinking about how everybody feels today that got you know that made the playoffs and is no longer in the playoffs. And it's interesting if you're if you're Buffalo. I mean, I know it's hard today, and there's no way you can think about this. But the core of that team is all coming back, and you have one of these freaks of nature's at quarterback who's only getting better and more confident. That will only serve to make him better and more confident. He made plays that just were completely off script and just silly. So, I don't know, you've got that guy now, right? He He's a basically akin to Patrick Mahomes, just a bigger version of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and if you're, you know, let's say Cincinnati loses this weekend, which certainly appears that they will. Uh, Unless Orlando Pace is uh, running out of that tunnel and he's right. magically 26 again. Yeah. So let's say you're Cincinnati and you lose this weekend. but a hell of a run, got you a division title, and you have yourself an unbelievable quarterback and you're set for years to go along with a freak receiver. You're there. You just got to build your offensive line. You know exactly what you have to do. You just got to get better on your offensive line. If, uh, you know, I, I guess there's much greater mysteries surrounding both Green Bay and Tampa Bay in the NFC than anything else, we've talked. We'll talk about the Bucks. We did a Scuttlebucks version. It's up now, or should be posted any time now, um, where we talk about who's moving on and who hasn't. But that's an easier thing to do when you've anted up, won a Super Bowl in a division in two years. You're like, okay, well, we knew this time would come. Let's figure out what we're going to do with the healthy players we have, and which of the veteran players do we not want to bring back, and then go from there. Uh, Green Bay's in a more interesting situation because that's it can't happen. As the one seed at home against a beat to hell oh, it happens injury to them. every year. Every year. Every year. <laughs> every year. You know, he's found a way, Aaron, to have a worse home record than Brett Favre did in the playoffs. Yeah. He's found a way to become now it's debatable about who was the better Packer quarterback. Because at some point, Aaron, you gotta win. Lambeau is no longer this mysterious place. No, oh, no, people go in there on the regular win die. games. It happens all the time. Every year. Somebody does it every year. And how do you lose to that San Francisco? Oh, man. That is That's a, the angriest he, fan base today, I think. Oh, for sure. Buffalo's the most distraught. The angriest fan base today has to be Green Bay. Has to be. I think one of the answers uh, to the question as how it is Green Bay lost is that San Francisco of the playoff teams and really of the team's short list of teams, let's put it that way, probably the best coach team. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're I, limited. I, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're so limited, and he puts them in a position on the regular. How about Matt LaFleur telling, you know, Buck and Aikman, right? You know, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, before the game, that the only way we're going to lose is if special teams screws it up. Yep. I just hope they don't screw it up. What a thing to say to yeah. a media member outside the circle. That's indicative of, yeah, that's well, a problem. They were dead last in the league. They only had 10 dudes out there on the final kick, too. 
he would have made it anyhow. But still, but yeah, it's it's just indicative of the problem. That's like the Willie era stuff. Yeah, that's you're like, whoa. So your last in the league coming into the postseason, you know this, you know it enough to say it out loud before the game. Outside the circle, everybody circles the wagons, but apparently Matt LaFleur He's like, has no. had enough. Oh, we all know about our special teams. <laughs> it's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply chef cameron show 93 three real talk radio war chant TV. <clears throat> yeah, this is, we talk about this a lot, especially uh, given the amount of time we've done this show together. Sometimes Mondays can be overwhelming where you're like, you're gifted all of this stuff, and then you go, okay. Because even within the broader scope, the bigger picture conversation, there are all these little details, all these little moments where you can kind of go back and dissect each storyline, call, play, decision. I just want to know what it was like last week to do radio with FSU basketball continuing to win and win and win because when I left, we were on the road at Syracuse. You know, and that was a big game because you wanted to have one in your back pocket for what was a brutal week. Like the UNF game by itself isn't difficult, but that you stick it at Thursday at noon right after Duke late night Tuesday and then yeah. you got to go on the road to Miami. I was hoping for 2 and 2. How the hell did we go 4 and 0? Oh? amazing yeah the time that we talked before you left we were talking about can you when you when you get a big win that you're not expected to get or that you were at least an underdog in and it gives you a little bit uh, of margin for error gives you a little bit of a of a window where if you drop one for whatever reason you're you know you're not out of it so we thought well maybe after eight games we'd be four and four in the acc kind of that was the talking point kind of I didn't think they'd go on the road with tired legs and win that game against Miami. Now, I did think they'd win the Thursday game against North Florida, but I also thought it might look ugly, and it did for about a, about a, you know, a little over a half. Um, but I figured, well, three games, five days, uh, a really thirsty, angry, frustrated uh, Miami team will bounce back. And to see us come out and to look as good as we did to start that game, and the descriptor I had last week was that if they were to do that, if they were to show me that, if they were to reach back and have a little something for that ass, and they did, uh, then they would further elevate, in my mind, what they're capable of. That this is not a great league this year. And there are a couple teams, I think, more talented than Florida State. But what I wanted to see more than anything else was a group growing in confidence and finding different ways to win games, find different... Uh, different, different. Uh, not not necessarily plays. It's not about that. I mean, we run what we run and we defend how we defend. But different players, 
stepping up in various roles and elevating their game because confidence came with the win. Confidence has come with wins in succession, plural. And when that happens, guys are able to kind of reach their potential as they're learning. And there was no question that whether it's Caleb Mills, Matthew Cleveland, whoever you want to look at, Butler, there was no question uh, regarding their talent and their upside. There was just question about whether or not they could consistently put together, when required, in different games, home or away, the kind of performances it would be uh, that would be needed to get big wins, to get big road wins, to get wins, period, against teams that maybe have more talent than you. And the answer to that in this stretch of winning six straight is a resounding hell yes, they can. In fact, go back, let's look at this. Caleb Mills is finding that consistency that had uh, really uh, left him or not been in place to start his FSU career. You know, we saw that his freshman year was phenomenal at Houston, and everybody thought, oh, well, he'll just come in here and light up. Eh, pretty inconsistent early on. But now what we're seeing from this guy is the ability through stretches in a game to take over. 16 points, 8 in each half in this game, 7 of 9 from the field, 2 of 2 from the free throw line, 3 boards, an assist, a steal, 2 block shots. Um, And I know he turned it over. I mean, too many turnovers from him in this game. We all did in the second half. Yeah. But I I, want to say this. The the Scenario that is remarkable. The sequence that takes place that had to have been the the most gut-wrenching thing to watch as a Miami fan is the one that takes place with 3 minutes and 47 seconds left. Because Florida State's reeling. Miami is about to win this game. They're going to win this game. But you get four offensive rebounds in this stretch to keep it alive and to run the clock. It's crazy. Uh, three consecutive shots. Each time we get an offensive rebound, maintain possession, we'll we get four shots, not four rebounds. It's silly. And then you get Mills in that moment deciding after they've run off, what was the game clock? Yeah, a little over a minute, a minute and seven seconds. So you've run a minute and seven seconds off the clock. You totally stymied momentum. Miami's frustrated. They're playing great defense. You get those rebounds, and then Mills goes, here's a little... A little something, something. I'm going to get to the rim right here. And he crosses your boy, gets in the lane, and because he can finish with both hands, it changes everything. And it's just an effortless glide to the rim with the left hand. That changed everything. And admittedly, they still got back with a chance to win the game. But if that sequence doesn't happen, uh, 61-52 with 240 to play is what that became. I think we lose the game. That was everything. Yeah, probably so. I had to watch that on replay. It was the one area on my Southwest flight as it was descending that the satellite feed went out. And I'm basically wondering when we get the signal back, are we losing now? Are we losing? And then I see we extended back out. So I had to go back and and watch those possessions. And the offensive boards were the thing that keyed, obviously, the win earlier in the week against Duke. Where That was just absurd how many more field goal attempts Mm -hmm. we got at the rim. I don't think that's going to happen a second time we play them at Cameron Indoor. But you know what? I didn't think we'd beat Miami the second time we played them, so I don't know. I don't know. This group fights. They just fight their butt off, and it's so much fun to watch. Even as they were leaking oil left and right, they found big shots. You're talking about the Mills one, Raquan Evans with a big basket, driving right, using the window. Okay, when we need a bucket, I now believe in him in a way that I didn't two weeks ago. The shot from Mills in overtime against Duke last week. The three-pointer oh, early in, in the shot in clock. Rhythm. He just catches turns and like it straight up gets you some. That may be a moment that we look back on and say for his career that, okay, is this now the thing that frees his mind to not be... Sometimes he looks like he's 
concerned about either handling the ball too much, taking too many shots. Like he's thinking and not playing. Perhaps he's going that freed him up a little bit more. But we'll see. Just a lot of guys and Butler making some big shots too. You're starting to have some answers about well, all right, who's going to get us out of a dry spell? I felt hopeless a couple of weeks ago. I don't think anybody's going to get us out of a dry spell. I think we have some answers developing now. I think what's cool about what you're talking about is in, in referencing a couple things here. First of all, they fight. Well, they fight on defense right now. Miami scored uh, in the low 60s again against us. That's well below their average of 77 points a game. Um, the, in, the, in the previous seven ACC games, Miami's averaging over 82 points a game. So against us, they get shut down. That's our length coming into play. That's our effort on the defensive end. And that's also us getting so many offensive rebounds. We really make it difficult. We, we generate extra possessions. Which I thought would just be something we could never do this season. And, that, that's and it's, they're doing it. They are. The other thing is defensively the rotations have gotten so much better. You can tell. And this is this is a, something I've harped on a bunch the last couple of weeks, which is Leonard has talked about with the injuries and COVID protocols how this team did not have a chance to practice and play together as much. You're starting to see the fruits of working together. Now, last week, I'm sure they didn't do much in the way of practicing at all. Too many basketball games. But you can see it. There were three or four possessions against Duke in the second half where they're making excellent passes, and we're right there, right in front of them. You wouldn't see that earlier on in the season, especially no. the Purdue game, the Florida game. We're giving up wide-open looks. The we're weight up- game. I was sitting there appalled. I came in here and told you I've never seen a Florida State team play with such little effort on defense in my life. It's a layup line to the basket. Anywhere you want to go, you can get to the basket, and that has changed, think and about, it's great. Think about how frustrating it has to be for Miami. I'll just bring this up, okay? When you're talking about athleticism and, 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 and basketball skill, Okay, now think about this. You got from Cameron Fletcher, he went scoreless in this game, as he usually does. I, this is amazing. They're, at some point, they'll get something out of him. But anyhow, nothing again. He was uh, 0 for 1 from the field. Then you get three points out of Wyatt Wilkes. You get a total of four points from Jalen Worley. That was all in the first half. He's largely done nothing this year. Matthew Cleveland has a grand total of four points. Four points! Matthew Cleveland! So... Oh, well, they must have had a bunch of veterans score a bunch of points. Malik Osborne, thanks for the four points. One of ten from the field. He's injured. It I under, I, my point is one of ten. Four points from Malik Osborne. Uh, again, I've just named you a bunch of guys that if I said you're going to get either zero, two, or four points from on the road, and yet you're still going to win a basketball game, you'd be stunned. And Gom had six points. They're starting to work him in. That's nice. Nahima Cloud started his fourth consecutive game scoreless. Raquan Evans had seven points. Played a good game. Seven points. How the hell did Florida State win the game? I mean, I'm every guy I'm telling you about, six, four, two, nothing. It's crazy. Because you needed 61, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you just you didn't need much. Well, you got 16 out of Caleb, and you got 15 out of Polite, who's now played two of his last three games well. That's good to see. We're starting to, okay. About time, Anthony was yeah. waiting on you there. There are still moments. Yeah, there are still moments. But that, goes, my it, God, sir! But, but it's stunning. I mean, Wyatt Wilkes, veteran player, had three points. Like a lot of times, you can say, "Well, maybe somebody, maybe somebody got hot, scored nine or twelve. No, he had three. <laughs> Miami's like, wait, this doesn't add up. How did they get to sixty? It's crazy. Oh, this feels like a group that it's that way. Um, you don't care how it happens, just that it does. There have been teams. Many of them in the last five years where you say it matters how they get the job done. 
This is not one of those groups. Oh, right. Just keep racking up wins. Just keep doing it. Get to the tournament. That's unlikely. It's a great job if they can get there because even though they're winning these games, I don't feel much better about a lot of the warts that you know we saw three, four weeks ago. The rotations are getting better defensively. You're seeing more confidence on offense. There is some development there, but they will go cold for five, six basketball minutes at a time. That's going to happen. And they're going to give up some open looks from the perimeter. And if your opponent hits them, you're in trouble. There are just some things that I don't think we're going to be able to overcome, especially when sure. it gets to March. But let's get there. Because that would be, for this group, one hell of an accomplishment. Every year, the bar moves a little bit based upon what your potential is. Get there. Get your 13-14 ACC wins and get to the dance. That would be an amazing accomplishment. They're on their way. They're on their way to doing it. They're in first place in the ACC, so our continued talk of I don't think they can overcome it. Well, they can in the ACC. I agree when we get to the postseason, they're going to face some better teams, and that's going to be hard. But I don't really care in a transition year uh, after you know several seasons of having guys leave the program early that would have aided your endeavor to find consistency. You're still finding a way to win games to the tune of you're in first place in the ACC as we sit you know, basically at the midpoint. At what point would you dare to dream that they could win the ACC regular season? Because how many contenders are there really? Five. I mean, you know, you would, Notre Dame would be in that discussion. Mm-hmm. I, do you believe in Wake being a long-term member of that discussion? They beat our ass. They how many teams did. have recently? Yeah, I mean, Duke is part of that discussion. Miami is. Yeah, if they, they don't fall apart, we know their history. So, at what point would you believe? We've got Georgia Tech on the road, Virginia Tech here on Saturday. Then oh. we go to the Little John. If we no, win no. all three of those, do you believe it's possible? Do you need to have the three wins in a row more, or do you believe it right no, now? No, no, because they could because they continue they could continue to win, and it's not going to like you said properly. It's not going to erase the the weaknesses. This this team, as we talked about last week, has a ceiling, and and it's not an elite level ceiling. It's not like this team. Oh, they're coming together. They can go to the elite. Eight. No, nope, 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 nope. They're not going to do that. They're not. Now if they do. I'll stand corrected and gladly scream it from the mouth. That's a fun uh, mea culpa. Oh, that's a fun one. Indeed, they're not going to do that. Now, I know tournaments are weird and all that stuff. I, they're not going to do that. But, I don't know, fool around and get into the final three games with a chance to win the ACC in a transition year. I don't care what we do in the postseason. I, li- I really won't. I won't. I mean, I say that when in they... human nature, you'll get well, a little Well, when they tip it point. off, yeah. I mean, I'll be wanting them to win. The but, tip. but no, but... <laughs> But perspective, I'll, I'll be like, it's a little bit like the Bucks this year. We said coming into the season that, hey, listen, we won the Super Bowl a year early. We won it. So you're playing with house money. Now you're just trying to get really greedy and win back-to-back Super Bowls. And that's going to depend on health. Well, they, they weren't healthy. They weren't healthy. So, you know, I kind of went into the Rams game like you. We both thought the Rams would win that game. I picked them in my picks for yeah. the Rams to win. Yeah, especially around uh, 145 yesterday <laughs> when I learned that Wurfs was not going to play. It's well, like, oh, a tubby. So, listen, I didn't like the way the game ended. I can't believe we decided to blitz six in a situation that leaves our safety in a one-on-one with the, one of the best and most productive receivers in football. It's absurd. It's asinine. It, it makes you absurd. mad. Well, it's absurd. And when you say it out loud, it really makes you angry. But I was like, we're playing with house money. The thing that sucked about it was that Green Bay blew it. So, you know, you're going to host a San Francisco team yeah. that's also a mash unit. Yeah. I mean, you would have needed, like... A better coach mash unit. That would have been a closer yeah. game than we would have liked, probably. Like Word document that's four pages <laughs> long of injuries that you got to go through throughout yeah. the week. You're like, eh, yeah, I could just sneak into the Super Bowl. Maybe Worfs is healthy by the Super Bowl. I don't know, but... I thought the, it was you know. kind of funny. And by the way, the Bucks aren't beating either the Bills, or I know we did in the regular season, the Bucks aren't beating this version of the Bills or Chiefs. If we played him, we're not. So, okay. Just up, we'll bow out. That's all right. 
That I don't think we. They're both healthy. That 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 looks different. Yeah, I, <laughs> some people I've seen on the chat. You know, uh, there's some angry comments, of course, but uh, folks saying that that might have been the Super Bowl last night. Oh, you know. In this moment, I agree. It feels in that this, way. In this moment. It feels that way. Yeah. It's hard not to be a prisoner of the moment today. Jeff Caber Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. I know we don't talk much, but you're such a good talker. Oh, well, I know. Woo! I, 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 did, I do want to point out, because I think it, it would have been fun to watch. It would have reminded me of 2014. And certainly we can relate to this. Uh, Tom, and all those, really, the entirety, anybody who's a fan of somebody other than New England, let's say. If the Bucs had come back and won that game, and Tom Brady had won his 10th fourth quarter comeback, uh, he's already got four more than Joe Montana, as it is with five, I mean with nine. Uh, You know, I mean, you're down 14 with 356, 356 to play and no timeouts. And you still tie the game up, and you tell Jalen Ramsey to get you some. It was a bad half an hour for Knowles. Oh, Cam tried to give the game away, and Jalen got beat repeatedly, which is good for Jalen. You need a little something. You need a little something. There. That that was abuse. Yeah, nothing short of it. Yeah, I actually, in a weird way, obviously I was elated in the moment. But I kind of felt bad for Cam Akers because, I mean, the first fumble down there on the goal line, he's landing on his head. That's a toughie. And then the second one is Indominus Sue may be the strongest man to ever play football, and his entire paw gets right on the ball, and he and he's he's a good football player. I mean, he's not having it. There's a whole lot of, I'm going to take the ball. I'm sorry, I know Cam's strong. Ain't Indominus Sue strong. That was, yeah. I'm going to pull the ball out. I think we can agree. You and I, you and I, not mm. speaking for any other Knowles. Mm. But, you know, if Ramsey gets abused, no problem. It if happens. Cam Akers fumbles, I do feel bad for him. I do. And in that moment, I thought, oh, God, he's going to get letters and tweets and oh, all well, kinds of Oh, people are stupid, yeah. Because if we come back and win this thing, and it felt like we were going to the moment that Lenny made the guy miss in the hole on fourth and one, which was an absurd play just in terms of the roller coaster of emotions that you can have in .7 seconds. I felt them all. But in that moment, it feels like, oh, this is going overtime, and it's not going L.A.'s way. We're going to win this football game. I just, for Cam's sake, even though I'm a buck, and the way it turned out it did, yeah. at least for Cam, today is not a very dark day, thankfully. Well, and his potential and upside is so big. I, I would like to think that, there, well, I mean, you can't assume people are going to be reasonable, but, I mean, Cam's a really good player. He's better running back than anybody they have, and he's come back and given a shot in the life. By the way, on the prize picks... <laughs> I had Cam Akers under 48.5 yards rushing. He finished with 49. Wow. Okay. All right. That one hurts. That's a toughie. Because <laughs> yeah, I was going to cash in a three. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah. It, well, if you put all in, that's a five uh, mm-hmm. five times multiplier. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Half yard. I think they need to go back and look at the stats a little closer. We need to reassess. I'm not so sure you got to 49. I got hurt because earlier this year I made a lot of prize picks dollars on ACC football. Yeah. Because you can just tell. You watch these teams, you're like, there's no way that somebody's paying attention to ACC football more than we do, especially right. if you're coming out Correct. with a film and why would piece. They? And why, uh, would, uh, why, and why would they? Good. Yeah, Don't. Yeah. Good. So I racked, up a, I racked up a nice bank account, and I took a shot for uh, 250 on a five-time uh, multiplier. And uh, a half yard did cost me. I forget if it was Burrow or Josh Allen, but it was a half yard. Well, and it cost me four figures and healthy four figures. Un- unfortunately, they're going to be um, 
I mean, there's just no way now that they're going to undervalue Josh Allen running the football week in and week out from here on out. Because I, I'll tell you, I mean, I, I was all over. There his won't over. be a prop for it this weekend. He's not playing. <laughs> just a shot. Just a sh- come on, man. I'm telling you, throwing people out the window. He ought to be tossing guys out of yeah. the building. Mm-hmm. Herculean. You don't get on that plane. I get on the plane. You stay here. You stay here. Yeah. Find your own flight. You don't get the opportunity to sit next to me, the heavenly vessel that this is. You don't get to sit next to it. Did that one performance converge you, or did you start no, to change he, your opinion on Josh? Or, yeah, okay. yeah, I started Was to it the New England game? Well, remember, he had a stretch of play where you're like, well, yeah, you were dubious of him well, not that long he, ago. Well, when you lose to Jacksonville 9-6, to forgive me. But, I mean, I was uh, kind of looking like, well, what do we – What's going on here? I don't I don't get what's going on. And then um and then all of a sudden it's like the flick of the switch and health and then belief and he everything ran through him and I went, okay, here we go. Yeah, he's a freak. Hour number two, fourth coming, stay with.